politics has never been stranger or more online, which is why the politics team at Wired is making a new show, Wired Politics Lab. It's all about how to navigate the endless stream of news and information and what to look out for. Each week on the show, we'll dig into far-right platforms, AI chatbots, influencer campaigns, and so much more. Wired Politics Lab launches Thursday, April 11th. Follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Have any of you guys seen the thing where someone just asks a question on social media to all their followers? You know, when like on Facebook, people often say, hive mind, what is Travis's sock size? I want to buy him socks. Crowdsourcing? Large. And that's what happened to our guest today. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, scammers will take advantage of any situation. Doesn't really matter what's happening. If there's a uh, in a scammer can have, they're going to take it. Yeah, that's true. And so welcome to What the Hack, a show about hackers, scammers, and the people they go after. I'm Adam, cyber pugilist. I'm Bo, cyber, where has your finger been? And I'm Travis, cyber concerned about Bo's finger. <laughs> and today we talk to someone who turned to the internet for help, only to get tricked by a relentless scammer. Please welcome Kate. Well, hi, Kate. I want to welcome you to our show. And you have a, quite a story. But before we get to it, tell us where you're coming to us from. I am in South Dakota. And in the midst of the biggest blizzard in probably 10 years. Wow. Still have the lights on, though, I see. That's good. We'll have the lights. And how much <laughs> snow do you have so far? Right now, there's about four feet in the yard. What? Whoa. And... Wow. We're the lighter side of it. Is North Dakota getting nailed by a blizzard as well? You know, I don't think so. Hmm. But it, it's pretty sad when you get a a message from the state of South Dakota that says, we're closed, stay home. Everything's The whole cold. state. Hmm. Wow. So what do you do in South Dakota? I am a teacher. A noble profession. As I understand it, South Dakota actually has a teacher shortage right now because they're not so uh, generous with salaries and stuff. Mass, they're not generous with salaries. And and I work at a tribal school, so we're really hard up for teachers. That's a labor of love. And what do you teach? Social studies and English. Yeah, how big is the tribal community there? The town nearest where most of the kids live is about a thousand people. And is that big for out there or no? It's it's pretty big. You know, we have 160-some in the high school. That's huge. So your students were definitely not born on third base. Oh, no. Food insecure, trauma. Yeah. I deal with a pretty heavy bag every day. I wear a lot of hats. What was it like teaching through the pandemic? To be honest with us, we had kids fall off the map. And that's because they didn't have necessarily access to the internet? Didn't have the internet. 
didn't have the family support. A lot of times they were having to be the adults in the household. There's a lot of drug issues and alcohol abuse issues. It wasn't just hard for the students either. I know it's been tough for a lot of teachers too. Yeah, during the pandemic, things got tight. I had a car repoed and jumped on Reddit one day, you know, the end of my rope, kind of just sent it out into the universe. Now, do you use Reddit for other things? I creep. There's a lot of funny stuff. I don't really contribute a whole lot. I think the term is a uh, lurker on Reddit. Yes, I, I am a lurker, you know. So do you use it for your schoolwork at all? No, I use it for like home improvement and stuff like that. What uh, subreddits do you uh, tend to visit? Home improvement, mm-hmm. the South Dakota subreddit. Mm-hmm. Today I learned, you know. Yeah, today I learned is one of my favorites. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. No, and it's really reliable. I do a lot of stuff around my house. And so when I, like, am I, my chainsaw was cutting to the left and I was like, what, what? And then I went on and, you know, eight or nine people were like, you're dumb and here's what you're doing wrong. <laughs> so yep. it does, it is helpful. <laughs> and you know what I learned, Adam? I was just pushing down a little too hard. And, yep. uh, oh, and you know that, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Farm girl. I wish I had met you before. Anyways. So when you had the issue with your car, did you did you go to Reddit and did you post something? I just went, you know what? My finances are so off track. What do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I get on top of all of this? You know, the car's a wash, but I do have another car that's paid for. So what do I do? And wasn't an hour later, I got a bing. And somebody was DMing me saying, I can help. So you went into a subreddit specifically for people who were having some issue with money or credit or something. Well, I, I lurk there, you know, because I, I like to learn things mm-hmm. just like, oh, OK. And I was just like, does anybody have any advice? Then this fellow popped up. And was he an established uh, Reddit user? or did, um, you, he- did you say anything about his user account or? He had quite a few posts, but I couldn't see his old posts. Mm-hmm. The ones I could see seemed helpful. Do we know it was a he? No, but he called himself Big Eddie. So. Turned out Eddie wasn't so big. Probably not. Was Eddie the only one who reached out? I mean, did yeah. other people offer to help? He was the only one that reached out. There were a couple of people that slammed me like, you're dumb. You know, you're dumb for losing your car. Yeah. Wow. Did you say, hey, I'm actually teaching in South Dakota on a reservation. I'm like, <laughs> hey, thanks for kicking me while I'm down. No. Yeah, and so. and someone did say, well, get a better job. Quit teaching. And I'm like, yeah, no. That's not what people are supposed to say to teachers. Yeah, no. It's also one of the most frustrating things I found about uh, not just Reddit, but just the internet in general, that you'll find a lot of helpful advice and helpful information. But for every one of those you get, there's going to be 10 people who are just giving you their um, completely unsolicited uh, opinion about what you should be doing differently. Thanks. Not not what I asked. So what was Eddie's offer? That he was going to help me figure out how to pay down my debt. And he was really interested in what kind of debt I had. 
you know, I have student loans and I have medical debt pretty much. Otherwise, that's about it, you know, because um, I don't have credit card debt. I mean, I have one credit card and it has like a $300 balance on it because I hate credit cards. Sounds like it sounds like you you were doing you you actually had pretty good financial hygiene. You weren't throwing yourself into debt. You oh, had no. the kinds of debt you had were what I would call good debt. Yeah. And you my just, kid had braces, so there's three grand I gotta pay down. You know? Yeah. yeah. I had a bump. So you hit a bump in the road, you lost the car. Yep. Yep. What was Eddie's offer? He was going to help me get enough money to pay off my son's braces. Like do a loan type thing and earn interest kind of played like he was coming to my rescue and that he could help me figure things out so he wasn't someone that worked for the car company or anything he just said no i'm a finance guy and i can help yeah somewhere in there he was actually representing some kind of loan refinance and looking for a loan consolidation deal. The only thing is he was masking it in order to confuse you. Exactly. Interesting. So your your theory, Adam, is that he was working. He wasn't a they criminal. Were. He was a dude doing you know work, what we would consider borderline criminal work, a la the kinds of things that CFPB and Elizabeth Warren go after, but work. Right. It's kind of like hmm. working and working you as part of working. So did you get the impression that that's what he was? Kind of like a professional, like somewhat legitimate loan shark? Yeah, like like he knew what he was doing. And then he asked, because I've signed up for bank accounts online. And so he asked for credentials, like my proof of residence, stuff like that. Didn't think anything of it. Then all of a sudden things started going weird. All of a sudden there's money coming in my account, money going out of my account. And I'm like looking at my statement online because I track that pretty hard anyway. Yeah. And and I'm looking at it going, what is this? This is wrong. What kind of money are we talking about? How much money? Thousand bucks at a time, you know. And do you know where the money was going? No. I went to my bank, which I've had an account there since I was 14. Mm -hmm. And so I sat down with the president and we walked through it. And he's like, oh, my God. He's like, this is unemployment funds. (laughs) Oh, COVID unemployment funds? COVID unemployment funds were coming into my account and then getting shot out. So in other words, this was like money laundering. I, I was a front. I was a front. Jeez. So Adam, we have had some experience with this. Your sister-in-law, wasn't she involved in some kind of scam around uh, COVID money? Well, in her case, uh, she received notices from Ohio and Colorado. She lived in Colorado that she had applied for unemployment compensation hmm. uh, when in fact she was working and had not applied for any unemployment compensation. So this is another piece of probably a similar kind of scam. Like on the other end of that scam is that money moving around and getting laundered. Right. I got really lucky because I the, the money that was coming in was coming from Ohio. And so I called them with, with the bank president sitting right there. And he's like, 
she's got this money coming in and going out and she's never filled out any of this stuff. So they shut that down and I am not liable there. However, Uh I got some papers from California that said I had signed up for EDD through California. I'd never gotten anything from Ohio, but I got some papers from California. So I called them up and said, hey, I never signed up for any of this. I've lived in South Dakota my entire life. And they're like, no problem. We'll shut it down. Okay. Because I sat on hold for hours waiting to talk to them. And they said, no problem. We, we got it. We'll shut it down. And then it wasn't till last January, I got 1099. I supposedly had received $44,000 in unemployment compensation. That would have actually come in real handy with the, you know, your shortfall. Yeah. Yeah, shit. <laughs> this spring, get out there, enjoy the weather, and recapture the magic of riding a bike with electric e-bike. With an amazing variety of models built for riders of all abilities, it's never been easier to fall in love with riding again. Plus, every electric e-bike ships free and only requires quick, toolless assembly. This is my first ever e-bike, and the experience has just been great. I was a little bit intimidated at first because I hadn't gone biking in a while, but the 500-watt motor that the electric e-bike comes with really gives you a nice little boost, especially if you're trying to go uphill or pick up some speed. Data shows that e-bike riders take their bike out more often. That means... You get more exercise, more exploration, and wait for it, fresh air. And riding an e-bike isn't, like, it's not cheating. It's just making it possible for you to be out there longer on each ride. And speaking of things going a little slower, you can finance electric e-bike for as little as $49 a month. Get into spring with electric e-bikes, the number one selling e-bikes in the nation. Get your adventure started at electricebikes.com. And please mention that What the Hack with Adam Levin sent you in the post-checkout survey. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. Let's talk about weight loss. Most of us have been there, struggling with the ups and downs. You lose some weight, then it creeps back. But forget those endless cycles of juice cleanses, soup diets, and the latest fad workouts. There's a better way. The Rope Body Program pairs a weekly weight loss shot with a real lifestyle change so you can lose weight and actually keep it off. Need support? Rose has got you covered every step of the way. And guess what? You can do it all from the comfort of your own home. No more doctor's appointments, no more waiting rooms. It's that simple. Ready to take charge of your weight? Head over to row.co slash Adam to sign up today. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in a year. That's with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.co slash Adam. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M. What happened when you realized the scope of this person's work? Well, with the bank account, we shut that down in right around this time, 2020. That's your bank account that you've had My since you were 14? That I'd had since I was 14. That entirely sucks. Yeah. So shut that down. Shut down all my cards, everything, because 
Apparently, he was able to figure out a lot of stuff from my information because on New Year's Eve of 2020, I got a ping from the Social Security Agency administration that someone had tried to log into my account. Jeez. Yeah. And then he'd hacked my ID me account. Still finally got that right within the last two months. And ID me is the uh, online service that the government uses to uh, disperse benefits and the like, right? Yep. Which is tied to Social Security Agency, right. which is tied to the VA, which mm -hmm. I use. And yeah, super. Did you file an identity theft report? I filed an identity theft report with the IRS and with the federal agents. I tried to file a report with my sheriff, and he's like, "What?" Well, th this this is very common. He took my statement. He he did not understand it, but yeah. how big is your town? I mean, about. Maybe 700. Right. That sheriff has not seen this kind of crime before, most likely. Yeah. The sheriff's no. my cousin. Oh, he's your cousin. Oh, yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he won't. I guess he won't be coming to holiday dinner, right? Is it? He was still invited. Come on. Yeah. But uh, no, the problem is that so many local law enforcement agencies are simply undertrained, under-resourced, underfunded uh, when it comes to identity theft that a lot of them have absolutely no idea what people are talking about and frankly don't have the bandwidth or the desire to get involved in it, which leaves people feeling very alone. So after you filed the reports and then froze your accounts, did you talk at all anymore with the scammer or was that just about it? Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm out. You know, I, no harm, no foul, I'm out. And then, then some really weird stuff started happening. Like what? He sent my Venmo name to people. So people were sending me money that they thought were deposits on rental apartments. Oh, oh wow. So I was instantly kicking that back to him and to the point where I shut my Venmo down. Mm -hmm. Right. And then he did it with my cash app. And so then I shut my cash app down. He figured it all out, and it was awful. For those wondering how scammers grab their ill-gotten gains from victims, here's your answer. They scam someone else and use their accounts to move money. It's a lot to unravel. When you hear a crime like this, it's really a lot to take in because there's so much that you need to do to get things back to normal. And that's not even getting things back to a good place. It's just so that you're no longer a victim of identity theft. Last week, I just got a mailer from Bank of America that on the terms and services of a prepaid debit card, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have nothing to do with this. Do you now have a credit freeze on yourself? Everything's frozen. My children's are frozen. Why did you freeze your children's accounts? Did he have your children's information? No, but I went down the rabbit hole of identity theft reading and apparently kids are targeted. So my oldest is 16. My youngest is four. So I just froze them all. You no, know? no, it's, 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 it's so important. Anyway, I mean, assuming none of this had happened, 
it's so important that you would freeze your credit and you would freeze your kids' credit because, you know, children are a dream for a hacker, a scammer, an identity thief because they have pristine credit. They don't have any credit. Yeah. And, and what happens is they love to create credit and then run it up and then destroy them because they don't care. Kids are, as far as they're concerned, they're just collateral damage. It's just yeah. something they use to get to where they want to go. But it's important that people take advantage of it because kids are sitting ducks. Well, and if, if he can figure out all of that stuff about me, then why couldn't he figure out that stuff about my kid? Well, especially because there's so much information for sale on the dark web. Did you have any indication whatsoever that your children's identity may have been in some way compromised? No, but better safe than sorry. Totally. 100%. Do you know whether or not he's still active on Reddit? I reported him and that username has been shut down, so. Okay. It sounds like that was something where he was uh, very specifically set up to look for people that look like ideal targets. Uh, yeah. To go after. I'm sorry you had to go through all this, but it feels like you took a lot of the necessary steps you have to take. I took a lot. But earlier, you did mention that you're a teacher. Yep. And and you said that you do talk about some of this stuff with your kids. How do you prepare your kids to deal with this in the future so they don't have to live through the agony that you live through? Not just my kids, my school kids. You know, yeah. because I teach high school, so... They're doing stuff on the internet all the time. I mean, one of my students has a YouTube channel and he makes pretty decent money streaming. So, but we know that a lot of kids, forgetting whether they're online or not, is they don't really know a lot about credit or identity or how to handle money or how to better protect themselves against this. So, I'd say one of the biggest things that you can uh, tell your kids and your students is simply to be careful about any information you ever share online. I think Adam's term is uh, lie like a superhero. Anytime you're ever going to give any kind of information, you can make it just a little bit wrong, just in such a way that you can still, if you're looking for advice or an opinion or something like that, that's great. But don't give too much about your own situation, any data about yourself away online. Yeah. And um, that that's really one of the biggest ones. It really has to do with, you know, we call it cyber hygiene, but it's, but it's all about really the three M's. And the three M's are minimizing your risk of exposure, monitoring effectively so that you know you have a problem, and having a plan to manage the damage. And the first M is, is pretty simple and straightforward, which is you don't click on links. You don't open attachments from people you don't know. And even then, you need to be careful about that, that you lose long and strong passwords, not dumb one-syllable passwords that can be immediately figured out by somebody or get a password manager. Use two-factor authentication. A lot of people we know have had their accounts compromised because they didn't have that second factor, which is in many cases very easy to get by en enrolling in programs that afford it to you, whether it's your bank, your credit card company, your social media account, any of those. Also, when we say lie like a superhero, this means when you set up questions and answers in order to identify yourself to any particular account or website, uh -huh. is don't use your mother's real maiden name. Don't use the street you grew up on. None of that stuff. Yeah. Invent. Be creative. Batman, Superman, they don't run around telling people who they are. 
So you have to think like that. Well, they do. They just don't give the real names. I'm laughing because I was just helping kids do um, student loan stuff. Mm. Right. And Mm. they're like, what was my mom's maiden name? Why do I need to know that? I said, put my name. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) When they were setting up like the security questions, I'm like, put my name. That's great advice. That's really good advice. That's just perfect. So here's the deal. I use Yahoo Finance. I use it to make money because it works. Not just because they're a sponsor of the show. Heck, I've been using them for years before they ever called to become a sponsor. I do a lot of investing and I need to make split second financial decisions. And that's where Yahoo Finance comes in. I trade stocks and I trade options and you can't trade them in a vacuum. You've got to know what's going on. Yahoo Finance gives you the opportunity to look at the whole picture. I mean, breaking news, editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts. I love the customizable charts. They have it all. At Yahoo Finance, I'm part of a community of over 90 million users. You heard me. 90 million folks use Yahoo Finance because they're helping you on your way to financial success. Visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com, yahoofinance.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. One thing that I've noticed while we were talking, I was looking to see if you followed Adam on Instagram or if you, you know, what your internet presence was. And I have to say, I'm pretty good at doing open source intelligence and I didn't find you. So it seems to me like you're pretty, you're a small target. And this is a really good example. I mean, first of all, tell me if I'm right. Are you, you're, you're not that findable. I'm not that findable. This is an object lesson in going slow, especially if you have a problem. Because when you have a problem, that's when you come out of that tortoise shell where you're hard to find. That's when you say, I need help. And then when someone offers you help and you just lost your car, for example, you're going to move quick because you're panicked about it on some level. Yeah. And and that is, it's kind of, you know, sad to say, but that is, that is you can be uh, as hard to hit as you like. What we need to learn how to do is be hard to hit when... The caca hits the fan. Well, I wasn't so always hard to find. Mm. Um, you guys have been on the air for how long? About a year and a half. About a year and a half. I just started listening to you about a year ago. I know I've listened to every episode twice. Oh, wow. Wow. I think it was like the third or fourth episode in. Some gal you had on. And you're like, she took all of her stuff off the internet so i've gone through that so you know going to have i been pwned and all that fun stuff this is important it's it's you've done all the right things 
they just caught you at one moment of vulnerability. And that's the whole point is these folks sit back and wait and they look for people who are going through difficult periods or are particularly busy or otherwise engaged. You know, so we all have day jobs, but we are their day job. And they strike when you're the most vulnerable and the most distracted. And they caught you at that one moment on Reddit. Yeah. They got you. And you wanted to believe because you needed assistance. This also proves, though, that you could be on the side of the angels, but sometimes the angels aren't paying attention. We truly appreciate the fact that you were willing to come on and be very brave and share your story. And we also thank you a great deal for standing up for the next generation, especially the next generation who are, especially where you are teaching, are going through enormous hardships and they don't have a lot of people on their side and you're on their side. And that's so important. They're fantastic though. And I think I'm gonna end up teaching personal finance next year. That's great though. I mean, I think personal finance is something that should definitely be part of every school curriculum. Without but, question. But the cyber part of it mm-hmm. is now part of it too. It has to be. 100%. It has yeah. to be well, because, you know, you can you can do everything right. You could hope one day that you're sufficiently successful that you that you've accumulated some money and you hope someone professional will manage it. But when it comes to our identity and our credit, we are the people who have to be the professional managers of it. And if something goes wrong with either your credit or your identity, it could impact every part of your life and in particular the financial parts of your life. So they're all intertwined. And that's why you cannot teach personal finance without also teaching cybersecurity. Yeah. Well, and credit. So here's the other thing. We're now living in a country right this very minute while more than 60% of the population is living paycheck to paycheck. Now, <laughs> when that's the case, most of those people are never going to invest money. Most of those people are going to be working until they take their dying breath. And here is, and I'm one of them, and here is one of the things that is super true and super important. For those people, their portfolio, Adam, is something you preached when I first met you. It's their credit. Your portfolio, they think investments. But the truth is we have equally important, and in some cases even more important portfolios, which is our credit and our identity that we have to manage them ourselves. We have to build them, nurture them, manage them, and protect them. Because frankly, no one else will. So we have to. Because nobody knows what we do better than we do, even though we don't want to admit we do. And we're in a position to to do it right, to build it right. And when people go, well, government doesn't protect me and business doesn't protect me, the answer is you have to protect you because you're the one that creates the password that's either long or dumb. You're the one who clicks on the link or goes, wait a minute, maybe I'm not gonna click on that link. Well, but also in the spirit of a no shame zone, you're the one who might not have a really good day one day and find yourself panicked. Mm -hmm. And the important part is never forget that no one is too irrelevant, unimportant, too small, to not become a target of an identity thief. Yeah. 100%, yep. Okay, you know what time it is, Travis. I do. It's time for the tinfoil swan. 
our paranoid takeaway to keep you safe online. What do you have this week, Bo? I have kids, and you know what that means? I have to freeze their credit. As a punishment? No. It's to protect them for their own good. It's amazing how many parents out there don't really realize that their children may be targeted by identity thieves. They're ideal targets for this sort of crime because, well, kids don't use their credit usually until they're no longer minors. Then they apply for credit, only to find that someone has opened accounts in their name and destroyed their reputation with the credit reporting agencies. Yeah, and if you want to hear an extreme example, we actually have that. Scroll back to Axton Betts Hamilton's two-parter we did a while back. Her mother stole her identity and racked up how much? A half a million dollars. Yeah, but enough with the flashlight under our collective chin, guys. Let's get to how you freeze a miner's credit. It's a similar process to freezing your own credit. You need to go to each of the four major credit bureaus. Equifax, Experian, TransUnion, and Innovus. Right. Look up how to freeze credit lines, then you'll need to be able to authenticate yourself and provide a copy of your child's birth certificate. Or a foster care certification or records of an adoption. Just You have to prove that you're a person who should be able to do this. Yep. It means jumping through a couple of hoops, but it does protect your kid's credit, at least until they start to mess it up on their own. Hey, come on, or not. Or yes. And that's this week's Tinfoil Swan. What the Heck with Adam Levin is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you like it, consider rating us on your favorite podcast service or writing a review. It really helps people find the show and makes me so happy. What the Heck with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. It's produced by Andrew Steven. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.